You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with James Esber. He's talking to me from Williamsburg in Brooklyn. James, thanks so much for talking with me today. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. James, um, how is it in, in, in Williamsburg? It's, you know, we're just coming out of the pandemic, it seems, or I think so anyway. It's the end of May, almost in 2021. How has it been in, in Williamsburg? Uh, well, I've been here pretty much, you know, throughout the, the shutdown, and, um, and uh, it's been very interesting. I mean, the streets of Williamsburg, um, you know, were, were continuing to be fairly lively, even, even, you know, in the shutdown. I think there's, if you, if you come out on our street, which is Grand Street, which is one of the more main drags in the neighborhood, um, you know, it's, it's bustling with people up and down the street. I don't think that necessarily is a good reflection on uh, how well the businesses are doing. I think the businesses are still struggling a bit, but um, I think we'll get back there. You know, I'm a, I'm a very strong believer in, in New York city. I love New York city. I love Brooklyn in particular. And, uh, you know, I know it will come back. And how has the last year been for you in terms of, um, in terms of your work? What have you been working on? Um, well, the, the beginning of the shutdown um, was almost like a snow day for me. Um, I know that seems like a glib thing to say, um, considering, you know, a lot of people were suffering. Um, but I feel like, you know, my wife and I had it pretty good. We, we both, my wife is a painter. Also. I don't know if you realize this, but you interviewed her, Jane Fine. Yes. Uh, and uh, anyway, we both work at home, so, uh, and I don't really mind spending a lot of time by myself or time in my studio. I, you know, I, I, I love doing that anyway. So I, I got quite a bit of work done at the beginning, uh, and then things got a little more, um, you know, problematic for us in terms of, of our income, and there was a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of a shakeup in terms of our studio live. And I ended up having to move my studio elsewhere. Uh, It's still in the same building, but it's a bigger space now, uh, which is good. Um, But I've been, you know, getting used to that, setting that up and and, um, doing a lot of drawings at the moment, actually, um, which is a major part of my practice in general. But um, to just do small drawings is like heaven for me. You know, because I could do them very quickly and and work through a lot of ideas quickly. So is that in your? So, you're doing that in Brooklyn. You have a new studio in Brooklyn, or yeah, it's in. Uh, we're on Grand Street in in Williamsburg. Um, we actually own this building because we bought it many many years ago. We've been in Williamsburg for 35 years, <laughs> so we were able to get a building when they were very cheap. So we're fortunate in that sense. Um, that you know, we we do have we do have space and we do have a little bit of income from the building. But, um, so I moved down to this studio on the ground floor, which is bigger than my old studio, which is a good thing. Um, and I started drawing a lot, uh, just to get things going. Uh, I was drawing in sketchbooks 
at first and and started to look at old drawings from old sketchbooks and um, you know i I like to work on things over time. I often will put a date on the drawing when I start it and then another date on when I finish and sometimes those two dates are a couple of years apart um, in this case, you know I was seeing some drawings that were as old as like you know 2017 and it's fun for me to work on things like that you know some of them were just barely started um but it's fun for me to work on things like that because it's sort of like collaborating with a younger version of yourself you know i was probably yeah, that's that's an interesting way time. to put it but yeah collaborating with a younger version of yourself because you're you're reworking older work and revisiting, in a sense, who you were then, right? It's, it's not like you're just building on right. something. You were of a right. different mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the very least, I was in a different state of mind. I had different ideas about what I wanted to do. Um, I should say, for people that are not that familiar with my work, um, I'm essentially a figurative artist, but I work very much on the border between um, abstraction and representation. Um, so my figures are, are, are pretty messed up in some ways. And recently I've been doing what I would call, um, well, I would call them heads rather than portraits, but, um, they're kind of like portraits of characters rather than individuals. And they are made up of sometimes multiple characters or multiple character types. Um, Anyway, um, uh, you know, so let's talk about able, those because those are yeah. those are the recent paintings of this year, and, and and these are pretty big paintings too. We're talking about right? These aren't small drawings. Yeah, they're they're medium large, and um, and you know, I they're a bit different from the work I've done previously in some ways, and very similar in other ways. I've gone back to um, a kind of cleaner, more graphic line you know, a clear, crisp line on top of flat color. And, I, and I've kind of, you know, pumped up the color from what I have been doing, you know, previously in the, in the work just prior to this. Um, so let's, let's talk so about the, 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 the content in the work. You talked about the, the figure of their faces, the kind of um, messed up, uh, you know, where, 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 what do you mean by that? I mean, I looked at them and I think, yeah, there's a kind of grotesque element to them, right? These are distorted um, faces that are rearranged. Um, but, but is that what you mean? Um, well, I didn't. I mean, messed up was a sort of, you know, I said that a little bit. That's a good word. I like that. Uh, <laughs> okay. But what it is, I, you know, when you have when you talk about your work over time, you know, you sort of pare it down to phrases that. You know, you sort of figure it out as you go along, I think. You do the work, and then you kind of figure out how to talk about it. Um, but I, but I've, all, I've been very interested in distortion for, for, I mean, since I've, you know, been an artist in New York, different kinds of distortion. What, what distortion does in terms of our reading of an image and how distortion will move an image towards abstraction if, if you go far enough. I mean, because... You know, an extreme example of that is anamorphic projection. I don't know if you are familiar with what that is, but basically it's physically stretching out an image. You know, um, Holbein has a good example in his 
painting, the ambassadors, there's a skull that's stretched out at the bottom. Um, right. If you know that painting. Uh, I do, yeah. <laughs> if, not, if not, you can easily find it. Um, but uh, over the years, you know, this idea has stuck with me, but it's, it's taken different forms, and the current form is um, kind of a subjective distortion, a remaking of, a, of an existing image or image idea, uh, image type. I mean, often I am working from specific sources, you know, found images, a lot of um, kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of like Americana or, or images from pop culture or iconic images. Um, and they usually have some sort of emotional charge, at least for me. And, you know, in the case of these um, these paintings you're talking about, which which I also call group portraits because they're made up of, of different fragments from different kinds of characters. Um, you know, I'm interested in how these disparate things, disparate types or characters can coexist in a painting um, in a, essentially a, this monolithic form of a, of a single head uh, how they can coexist, but create, you know, tension and, and, and ideas about what the painting means, might mean. So, so we can talk I don't a little have bit about what the, what the painting means, but when you talk about anamorphic projection, is that what's happening in there? Is that, I, I can see oh. that now, but are, are, are things happening in there that are kind of these, uh, these sort of projections that you can only see if you look at them in a particular way? No, I, I, I I just used that example because that's what that was sort of the beginning of my interest in in intentionally distorting things. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling, I'm just I, there is no, you know, that would be more like a kind of a physical distortion or optical distortion of an image, you know, right. almost as if it's it's based in math or science, you know, it's based in optics. Um, right. And the things I'm doing now have more to do with a willingness to. Um, uh, allow my, um, my, I don't know, <laughs> this is where you get into trouble when you try to find words that don't sound like cliches, but my, I would say like my id or my subconscious, you know, uh, have a, a freer reign so that when I'm drawing something, um, I just allow my hand to move with kind, this kind of muscle memory and, um, and whatever mistakes and, and distortions happen in the form, I try to recognize them and, and incorporate them or clarify them. Um, so it's, you know, it's very much a kind of um, subjective distortion. That, if that makes, does that make it that any makes, That makes sense. Or? That makes sense. Yeah, then let, let's talk a little bit about the, the meaning or content, too. Like in a recent painting, um, Hero from 2021, that's a, uh, these are some of the elements we're talking about that are in this painting, and that's a pretty, um, that painting looks very figurative. It, it, it looks sort of like a gesturing hero almost, and that's a, and that's a big title. So um, it looks like there's a flag being waved in it. I, I can't totally tell from what I can see yeah. online. Uh-huh. But, uh, but what's happening there? It feels like there's a narrative going on. Like it's, like it's not just... Oh, there's, no, kind of, uh, what there's no narrative that I am attempting to, you know, communicate to the, 
to the viewer, I, I, my idea about um, the meaning of a painting is that, um, you know, there are ideas in a painting um, and intentions, I guess, uh, but they are not necessarily, you know, the, the meaning comes about, um, you know, the, it's the viewer that constructs meaning by, by um, you know, bringing their own experience to what they're looking at. And, and also meaning is affected by context. Um, you know, uh, a, a pieces of art can change in meaning over time, depending on what kind of shows they're put in and what, what current events are happening as, well, right. That's what I mean. So in this context, I mean, you, what, what I bring to okay, this so thing, yeah. he, hero in, in general, 2021. What, in general, what, what, I'm, what I'm interested in is, is taking things, you know, bits of, of um, American culture or lo- the life around me or things that are in my head or in the media um, that are interesting to me and uh, trying to put them together in the work um, so that I can say something about what it's like, you know, to be uh, living at this time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They're sure. kind of about American culture and, you know, and I, and a lot of the things I choose to work, I mean, I, I for example, I work a lot with um, images that are from Hummel figurines that, that you wouldn't necessarily know that by looking at the painting, but this, this painting has one on the, um, on the viewer's right, it's one of the arms that comes up. It's a, it's a girl. It's the part of that figure that is kind of like a little girl with flowers in its hand. Mm. It's hand I don't know if you see that, but, you know, that's, that's based on a little porcelain tchotchke. Um, and the reason I like working with those is that, they're, that they carry this kind of sweet, almost saccharine, um, uh, sentimentality or sweetness, and often that's mixed with some with an image that's more violent, or you know, you could say that maybe the distortion of the figures in the painting is kind of a violence, and it, it just makes them for me a kind of an interesting contrast. It is interesting. You do also have yeah. a flag waver. You have a hand waving an American flag, and you have uh, kind of a you know, the chest of like what might be a pinup, what they used to call a pinup right. uh, figure and some other things. Well, that's uh, interesting. Soldier. So discuss some, soldier of those, some of those elements. Yeah, that's very interesting. The humble figures in particular, that's such an odd reference. I think, you know, my, <laughs> well, again, my I grandmother collected anyone. those. I'm not sure. Exactly. My, <laughs> you're exactly right. My grandmother collected them. Um, well, you know, there's no accounting for for taste or for for some decisions, you know. I mean, it, you kind of kind of make art out of things that work for you. Uh, I'm not really interested in humble figurines. Um, I used to do uh, drawings of of Abraham Lincoln because he had such a great faith to work with, and because when I was when I was young, I, I had this book with every single photograph ever taken of him, you know, by Matthew Brady. And people right. used to always ask me, what, what is this obsession with Lincoln? Why are you so interested in Lincoln? And people used to 
you know, bring me Lincoln pictures and Lincoln paraphernalia. And, you know, I mean, I'm not, the answer was I'm not, I wasn't interested in Lincoln. I was interested in, in the images of Lincoln and what, what my relationship was to those, to those and how they could be used as material for art. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. I think heads, heads in general um, are great things to work with, faces, because we, we are so hardwired to, um, to construct faces and recognize faces even when they're not present. You know, through sort of evolution, we've, we've become very good at reading faces and constructing them. And so when you work in reverse and you deconstruct a face and distort it, you can go pretty far and still have it be recognizable or, you know, red as a, red as a face. Right. I mean, it also seems like there are, there are kind of hidden things within the face. Just as you said, the viewer brings different things to it. Just as you brought out the Hummel, it, it, it feels like there are all these things embedded in here that, that you could find or not. And it's uh, because you have a, a style in part that looks almost like a graphic novelist. There are elements in here that, uh, that look like, yeah, they could be another Hummel. And that was a, a kind of fascinating thing to point out because I imagine there's, there's lots more. So while that's not a narrative, it does seem to be like a kind of trail of, of clues almost. Uh-huh. But you must find this to be true in, in, in your own art that you, that even if you see something a certain way and you you are attempting to you know, communicate something. Um, you you can't rely on people reading, unless you're you know like a, a naturalist paint a realist painter, you know, and you, you're simply painting the thing you see as accurately as possible. But I can't. I don't know what viewers will be able to read in this and what they won't. And in a way, it doesn't matter because that because as I said, I, I believe the painting will, will look different and be seen different and mean something different um, over time. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. Like a, yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. No, of course, I agree with you as, as, as an artist, as an interviewer. You know, today, for some reason, looking at your paintings, I imagined, you know, having these in the studio and having, like, my, uh, my son there, who is, you know, thinking of him as a pretty young kid, uh, four or five and looking at paintings now he reacted and the things he would find in them. And I think, you, you know, there's these kind of worlds within worlds in your painting. And, and it, it struck me that I could sit in front of one of your paintings with him for a long time and, and talk about things and find things and, and, and perhaps well, invent things even. Well, that's very nice to hear. And, um, I, and, and it makes me think about, you know, one of the, one of the, ideas that I've come to recognize that I'm interested in, which is sort of creating an expansive space within a defined, you know, boundary. So in this case, we have not much going on in the background of any of these paintings, just flat color and a little bit of space. But, you know, the world is really uh, happening on the inside. And it, and if you look at the middle of the head, there's almost, you could almost read that as, landscape or, or landscape terrain, you know, that, you know what I mean? There, there's open space yeah. there. And there, and as you said, there's a lot of stuff 
jammed into that figure that you could dissect and and you know, expand upon. So that's great. And so, and so, so what will happen with these works? Are they going somewhere, or what's happening with them this year? Um, how will well, they get out into the world? Well, this goes back to COVID again, because um, the, the gallery that I show with Pierogi um, is temporarily on. Uh, they're still operating. They were at Freeze. Uh, they participated in the Freeze, but they, they closed their space, which was in the Lower East Side. And I... You know, before before the shutdown, I actually was coming up in the key, in the queue for a show, uh, which didn't happen, and the and I had enough work for the show, you know what I mean. So I still have all this work; it's just in the studio. Um, so I don't know. At the moment, I'm I'm just happily working in the studio, and I and and at some point I will assess, you know, whether. Grogi is going to be able to reopen a physical space. I, I think they will, but I don't know how long that's going to take. Right. Yeah, that's, that's um, part of what's happening all over the art world, right? When will things reopen? And when will work right. be shown? Yeah. And I want to ask you one more question, which is, what are you reading at the moment? I'm always curious. Okay. Um, well, the main thing, I'm re- I always have a few books going at once, because I you know, I, I don't know. I can't focus on one thing for an extended period. But the main thing I'm reading now is it's called Ink Blots. Um, it's by Damien Searles, and it was a book that was recommended to me by uh, a good friend of mine and a great painter, uh, Tom Burkhart. Do you know Tom? Any chance? I do know Tom. You know? I went to school with Tom. I know him pretty well. Yeah. So um, we're in similar. Uh, place as as painters because he's although our work doesn't resemble uh, uh, resemble resemble each other that closely we're both currently doing you know heads portraits and um, and he's much further on the abstract side of that borderline but um, we, we're having a discussion about um, you know about where where is the sweet spot in terms of how abstract to make something where you can go either way, or perhaps you can go back and forth between recognizing something and, and not seeing it, you know, recognize the, recognize the image and seeing the thing as pure abstraction. Um, I think he's much more in that zone than I am, but you know, he was telling me about this book and how interesting he thought it was when he read it. Uh, because, you know, um, uh, it's about uh, Herman, it's about Rorschach, and Rorschach came up with this idea in the early 20th century, you know, to do uh, psychoanalysis or psychotherapy with these ink blots that everybody knows about. But he, but he really had to figure out how to make them, to, you know, how abstract to make them, how how much he wanted to lead people in order to get that you know, get the the right res- response or, or tap into, you know, something in the subconscious. So anyway, it's an, it's an interesting book that kind of bridges psychology and art. And, and it is interesting, yeah. That's really interesting. Well, James, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I appreciate your time and, um, and, and wish you well. Thanks, James. 
Oh, you're very welcome. It was great talking to you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.